0: You're listening to the Renew Life Church podcast. We hope this message inspires you and challenges you to become a true disciple of Jesus. To find out more about us, go to renewlifechurch.com. Y'all glad you came to church? Yeah, I'm glad I came to church. I needed church, you know? You just need church. I'm looking forward to uh, that, that time when we have church every day of the week for hours on end. Yes. Amen, it's coming. Oh, yeah. She <laughs> <laughs> said, so bring it on. I like it. Oh, man. Um, yeah, if you're a first-time guest, we want to tell you, welcome to Rooney Life Church. This is our church family, and you're always welcome. Church, can we honor and welcome our first-time guest that might be in the room? <laughs> Thank you so much for coming and joining us. Uh, hopefully, um, hopefully you're you're blessed and not uh, scared off <laughs> yet. Blame it on the Lord if you are. Um, testimony last week was just a radical week. Uh, some incredible things happened in our church. Second service, I know most of you probably weren't in there. Uh, but the peace of God really just hovered and rested over us uh, in a tremendous way uh, where Honestly, we never came out of worship. Um, it didn't feel like it could end. <laughs> it was beautiful, and I just believe uh, that 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 is there's a continuation of what the Lord is doing. I think that uh, there are some obviously the revival stuff that's taking place that started asbury, but now is just kind of sweeping across so many different parts of the nation, even our state. Different things. I uh, I just believe that people are. M- maybe more hungry, but also more aware of the power of God than ever before. We have to get into this place where we remember that the Lord is with us, but sometimes it's just our inability to be aware, because we're distracted, that He's actually with us. And I just believe that as we grow into our awareness of the Lord, um, that we're gonna have moments of time that last for long periods of time uh, with him. And so, uh, God is moving in this church and it's super fun to be a part of. So, uh, if you have a Bible, turn with me to Second Kings chapter four. We're gonna start in verse one. I'm gonna read out of the New Living Translation. If you didn't bring your Bible, it'll be right here behind me on the screen. It says says, uh, One day the widow of a member of the group of the prophets came to Elisha and cried out, My husband who served you is dead, and you know how he feared the Lord. But now a creditor has come, threatening to take my two sons as slaves. What can I do to help you, Elisha said, or asked. Tell me, what do you have in the house? Nothing at all except a flask of olive oil, she replied. And Elisha said, Borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and your neighbors. Then go into your house with your sons and shut the door behind you. Pour olive oil from your flask into the jars, setting each one aside when it is filled. So she did as she was told. Her sons kept bringing jars to her and she filled one after another. Soon every container was full to the brim. Bring me another jar. She said to one of her sons, There aren't any more, he told her. And then the olive oil stopped flowing. When she told the man of God what had happened, he said to her, now sell the olive oil and pay your debts, and you and your sons can live on what is left over. Powerful group of scriptures. Let's pray, and then we'll dive into this. Father, I thank you for your word. We believe that your word is true. We believe that your word is supreme and that we believe that your word is final. We believe that we can have the things that you have said to us in your word. And we believe that your word, it doesn't ever return to you void. And so I'm asking God that that, that for the next few moments that we have together, that as we share and as we speak and as we dive into your word, that it would take root in us so that it would produce fruit, not just for our lives, but for the lives of the people around us, that we would actually, obtain life, and life abundantly that comes through your word. And so we just uh, ask you, Holy Spirit, to open our ears and our hearts and our minds to hear you in ways that we never have. And uh, thank you for doing new things in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. How many of you uh, have ever found yourself in like some awkward situations, having awkward people in the room? There are so many people like, I'm not sure if I should raise my hand, (laughs) but since I'm awkward, I'm going to. I remember that one time awkward situation that I ended up uh, without my shirt on in a nail salon while I was getting a pedicure with my wife. That was awkward, it's not supposed to happen like that. Uh, I remember that there was also another time when I rear ended uh, a truck in the Roses parking lot, twice, same truck, (laughs) how it was awkward. (laughs) Yep, It was awkward the first time. It was real awkward the second time, hit him, he went forward, I let go of the clutch, hit him again, just for good measure. <laughs> I remember that one time that I also decided to wear Adidas snap wind pants to play flag football with the church group. <laughs> and then there was this moment when I was confused because there was a sudden breeze as I was running down the sidelines. I had my flags on, just didn't have any Adidas pants on any longer, I was awkward. <laughs> We've all been in awkward moments, maybe you can... It, Uh, relate to this one. You're at dinner with some friends at a nice restaurant and the bill comes. Oh yeah, the nervous laughter disproves awkwardness. It's like the bill comes and everybody seems to want to grab it, but all of a sudden people start suffering from like T-Rex arms. They're like, I kind of want to grab it, but I kind of don't want to grab it. So somebody else grabs it and you're like, oh, you didn't have to do that for us. You're so nice, thank you. The whole time, you're like, you're so sweet, I was going to grab it. But I, I'm actually not gonna grab it. It's always awkward, unless it's your parents. And then you're like, yeah, you got it, it's fine. <laughs> it's fun. Awkward is, uh, is funny. You know, sometimes people are really awkward with God. You ever been awkward, found yourself being just kind of awkward with the Lord? I think sometimes uh, people are awkward with the Lord when it comes to prayer and what they should ask in prayer or what they shouldn't ask in prayer. Uh, I was thinking about a friend of mine, once we were talking, visiting, he was telling me about like these heavy, deep things that he was going through, and I'm like, man, have you, that's pretty bad, like, I'm glad that you're talking to someone, but have you offered this to the Lord in prayer? And he's like, oh, no. He's like, he's got way bigger things to deal with than this, like, I don't wanna bother him with this. And I'm like, don't be so awkward with the Lord, like, I think sometimes people get in these places where they, they don't want to ask the Lord for too much, as if he can run out. They, so our, our prayer, and sometimes people's prayers, they become really moderate. But God is not a moderate God, he's a lavish God right? Ephesians tells us that he uh, is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask, think, hope, or even imagine. Uh, he is this kind of God that is an over-the-top kind of God. He's the, he's the kind of dad that wants to make sure that his kids have everything that they actually need, and then he just kind of gives you some uh, extra sometimes. Um, he is over-the-top. I mean, he paves his streets in gold. Like, there's a lot of other materials that he could have used, but he chose gold. Like, he is an over-the-top, not moderate kind of God. And the fact of the matter is this, because there's no limit to God's supply, there's no limits to what he can and will do for you. I think half of y'all believe me. Amen. We'll get there. Because there is no limit to God's supply, there's no limits to what he can or will do for you. So we've been following. Uh, when I've spoke the last few times, we've been following the ministry of Elisha, and uh, we've learned that Elisha is his ministry was this foreshadowing of what was to come with Jesus and all that Jesus did for us. and And the story that we started reading today, and this is like a desperate situation. Uh, things are looking really bad for this lady. She's lost her husband. Now, uh, some people are on, on their way and threatening to come and take her two sons to make them slaves so that she could actually pay back what is owed. So it, this is a really, really dark situation. And I don't know if you've ever been poor or if you've ever been broke, but when you're, when you're poor and when you're broke, anything is something. It doesn't take a whole lot to get you by. And so they're in this place where they just need something to actually get them by, but God is about to paint this picture of who he really is and who he really wants to be for us in this story. So if we flash back into that story in 2 Kings, it says, and Elisha said, borrow as many empty jars, think about that, as many empty jars as you can from your friends and your neighbors. Then go into your house with your son, shut the door behind you, pour olive oil from your own flask into the jars, setting each one aside when it's filled. So she did as she was told. Her sons kept bringing jars and she filled one after another soon. Every container was full to the brim. Crazy, interesting thing. He tells her to take oil from her own flask to fill up the jars. She knew how much oil she had. Yet it wasn't enough oil to sell in order to pay off her debt so that her sons and her could live on what was left over until the prophet came into the story. It's like a super crazy test. He's like, how many containers is too many? Will my flask not stop pouring until all of the containers are full? Like, will this really, really happen? Now, we have luxuries that this woman didn't have. We can read things in scripture that this woman couldn't read. We could, we could go into Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, and it says that my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. He supplies all of our needs according to what? Our need? No, 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 his riches, his riches. God's desire to bless us always goes beyond our need. His desire far outweighs our need. His supply far outweighs your need today. Yes. Far outweighs what it is that you need. I want you to ask yourself a couple of questions. If you really believed that God would fill every single container that you brought him, when would you have stopped bringing containers? Would it have been when you had enough to pay off your debt? Would that have been your cue to stop bringing containers? Would it have been when you were able to put your kids through college, would you say, that's enough, Lord, I have enough, I'm gonna stop bringing containers? Would it have been when you had enough to retire that you would stop bringing containers? Would it be when you sold all of the oil that you had from the Lord and you became the richest person in town and you said, all right, I'm good, no more containers? I think it offers two questions. Do we really believe that God has more than enough? Sometimes we get, we fall into these places of guilt. You ever prayed for a parking spot? (laughs) H-E-B? On a holiday? You're like, favorite parking Lord, come on. And you fall into this place of like, well, I shouldn't be praying for a parking spot because what if it removes a little bit of the anointing that's on God's life to heal cancer? He's not a moderate God. He has more than that. Do we really believe that God has always enough for all times, for all people, for every situation, at the same time, all the time? Yes. The second question that I would ask is this. Do you really believe that he wants you to have more than enough? That one can get tricky. Lots of times we're not good at receiving, really good at giving. <laughs> Crickets. It's all right. You know, oftentimes, when I can stay in the place of being the giver, I stay in the place of being the one that has control. It's really hard to receive things from the Lord when I have to control all of the things. Do I believe that God actually wants me to have more than enough? I can tell you this, that when your heart is in position for the Lord to give you more than enough, he's giving it because he knows that when you have more than enough and he gives you overflow, you're gonna let it overflow in the lives of the people around you. Right? Do I believe that God wants me to have more than enough? Is God okay with me being rich? Yes. I'll answer it for you. Yes, it is. If your heart is not set on the riches but it's set on the Lord, he will give you more because he knows that you'll get it out of your hands. He's okay with you being rich. Is it really his desire for you to have all of your needs met? Yes. Jesus said this in John chapter 10 verse 10. I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance, this is the amplified version, to the full until it overflows. That is the kind of life that Jesus came to give you. A life until it overflows until it overflows, that's why he came. The point is this, is that because of Jesus, God will fill every area of your lives as long as you will rest and stop trying to fill them up yourselves. We often run on deficiency and lack when we start taking the reins and doing it ourselves. You'll expend more energy, you'll live under more stress, you'll have more fear, You'll have less time, you'll have less value in relationships if you try to do it on your own. But he tells us that he will supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. If we find ourselves in this place of rest and stop trying to fill these things up ourselves, we'll walk into a different level of abundance. Here's what I've discovered too. Many areas of our lives in these moments of not finding rest, many of uh, the areas in our lives are filled with other things. It's really hard for the Lord to supply our needs when the areas of our lives are actually filled with other things. So I would say, is the room in your marriage for him? Or do you have that figured out? Is there room in the way that you parent your kids for the Lord? Not popular opinion, but the Lord. Is there room in your job for Him? Is there room in your finances for God? What are you filling all of these areas with? Because if it's not God, you're not in a place of rest, you're in a place of works. We've been talking about this idea of the law versus grace and how the law puts us in this position where uh, all that I have in my life is due to what I am doing and what I can do. God is not interested in what you can do. He's interested in what you will do. Will you lay those things down and say, I will choose to actually, and I will believe in the finished work of Jesus on the cross and that he actually is the one that supplies all of my needs because of what Jesus did for me? Or do I have to constantly be in this place of performance and execution of all of my traits and all of my processes so that I walk in blessing? Once you have blessing, put some things in place to steward the blessing. But don't start putting things in place and working your steps so that you get blessing. You do that after so that you steward it. You get the blessing by just believing that Jesus did it all for you on the cross. Amen? It is finished, is what he said. Take a look at uh, John chapter four. It says a woman from Samaria came to draw water. I'm reading, I'm sorry, verse seven. A woman from Samaria came to draw water. And Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it was that was saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said, sir, you have nothing to draw the water with and the well is deep. Where do you get this, where do you get that living water? I want you to notice that Jesus is offering this woman fulfillment and she's stuck on something natural. You have nothing to draw the water out of the well with. You ever been guilty of that where you put more weight on natural than you do on spiritual? Let's keep reading. She says, are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us this well and drank from it himself, and as did his sons and his livestock, and Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him, he will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will begin in him, uh, will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. What is Jesus saying here? He's saying to this woman in this moment, I am the thing that you're looking for. He's saying to us in this moment, I, I, Jesus, am the thing that you're looking for. I am the answer to your parenting issues. I'm the, I, sorry, I was fixing to step off on something. The Lord said don't do that, <laughs> sorry. I am the, answer to your money problems, I'm the answer to your marriage problems, I'm the answer to your, your job issues, I am the answer. And the best thing about Jesus is he is the answer that lasts. Yes. There's no expiration date on the goodness of God. I'm going to close here. And the prophet Elisha giving this woman in debt these instructions and I th- think that it's, it's, it's interesting so he, he tells her what she needs to do and then it's time for her to respond so I love this though. Verse five, so she did as she was told, and her sons kept bringing jars to her and she filled one after another. Soon every container was full to the brim. Bring me another jar, she said to her sons. There aren't any more, he told her. And then the olive oil stopped flowing. When she told the man of God what had happened, he said to her, now sell the oil, pay off your debts, and you sons can uh, live on what is left over. The woman was in debt, her husband, had handled their finances terribly. And if he hadn't, and if he had his affairs in order, she wouldn't be in the position. But she's in this position. The problem that she, the natural problem that she was in the middle of was actually their fault. They weren't stewarding something well. But the point is this, is that Jesus is big enough to get you out of the mess that even you create. We have this mentality oftentimes like, well, I dug this hole, and now I've gotta figure out a way to get out of it myself. Or I'm the one that, uh, that has indulged in this life of sin, and so now I have to figure out a way to get myself clean enough to then go back to God to actually even begin to ask for forgiveness. We have this mentality that it's a works mentality still, that because I created the problem, I have to come up with a solution and then I have to exercise the solution so that I get out of the problem. That's not what happened in the story. The grace of God came into this woman's life in a moment and a supernatural strategy came from a prophet and said if you'll do this, you'll have so much that you can sell and fix your natural problem and then you can actually have more that is left over for you and your sons to live on. I'm just telling you this today, that grace can get you out of the hole, even if you dug it. That Jesus can make a way, even if you're in the way. And he'll do it where you have plenty of leftover. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope you felt encouraged by today's message. If you need prayer or would like to connect with us, find us on social media or by going to RenewLifeChurch.com.